Friends, welcome to the Hi, I'm Anxious podcast. I'm your host, Katie Dahl, and I'm so glad that you're here with me today because I have a treat for you. Over the next five episodes, we are going to learn how to create an anxiety master plan for life with my friend and coach, Dr. Lisa Hartwell. Dr. Hartwell is an anxiety specialist who helps ambitious professionals and women in business, just like you and me, to create an easier life, even with anxiety. Dr. Hartwell will teach us to create an anxiety master plan that can help us stop the cycle of anxiety. She is a wealth of knowledge, and she is just so warm and relatable. I know you're going to love her as much as I do. So let's dig into part one of five of this series with Dr. Hartwell so you can learn to create an anxiety master plan for your life. Hey, are you a high achiever who struggles with perfectionism? Do you get stuck in the cycle of overthinking? Do you do everything for everyone else because you think otherwise it won't get done? Do you feel like you should come with a disclaimer? Hi, I'm anxious. (laughs) Hey, I'm Katie. Full disclosure, I'm not a therapist, doctor, or mental health professional. I'm just a career mama who also struggles with anxiety. For me, anxiety reared its head at the most inconvenient times, when I wanted to be present with my family, at those high-pressure business meetings, when I was laying in bed awake at night worrying instead of sleeping. I just wanted to relax and be able to have fun, and I know that you do too. What if you found tools to manage your anxiety? What if you knew how to enjoy life even though you are anxious? Look, it's time to put down that third cup of coffee and swap it for some lemon water. We're going to get control over anxiety so it can stop controlling you. Let's go, girl. Hi friends, today we have a treat for you. Like I mentioned earlier, we have a special guest. Her name is Dr. Lisa Hartwell. Um, Dr. Hartwell works with high-functioning women with anxiety, just like you and me. I met Dr. Hartwell in a, a course that we were taking together, and she was running a new beta program and graciously allowed me to be a tester and I learned so, so much from her, loved every second of it, and she is willing to be here to share a little bit with you so that you can learn how to handle your anxiety. And at the end of this series, you're going to have a master plan for your anxiety. So welcome, Dr. Hartwell. Um, Thank you. you Yeah, thanks for being here. Would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Um, sure. Uh, first of all, thanks so much for being here. And yes, it feels like years ago that we did the course, didn't it? Doesn't it? <laughs> that we created it. It's amazing to think about um, how much work we put into that course. And you were so instrumental in helping design it along the way. So again, I thank you in retrospect for that as well. Um, let's see. My name's Dr. Hartwell. I live in Honolulu, Hawaii. I've been here for close to 36 years, I believe. Now I'd have to go back and check. I actually was a uh, came here as a new grad as a nurse, and I was an ER and a flight nurse for years. And through that process, I uh, became interested in forensic nursing, which is the study of how uh, perpetrators and criminals show up in the medical system. And when I became involved in that training, I became interested actually in forensic psychology. And that took me back to school. That took me back to business school and then for my undergrad. And then I went back and got my master's and doctorate in um, clinical psychology with a specialization in forensics. And um, 
through the years. So that was that was 11 days before 9-11 when I graduated. And uh, it was an amazing time to be involved in not only clinical psychology, but forensic psychology with our nation uh, falling apart at the time. And from there, through the years, in all my experiences, I've kind of dialed down and specialized in anxiety. And in the past, uh, probably five or six years, I started noticing that folks were showing up with not necessarily clinical anxiety, but more anxiety that comes and goes when things happen in life. And those tend to be the type of clients that I see in my actual practice, which is, you know, folks just need to come in and find out why does this anxiety keep cycling? And one of the things I wanted to start, um, you know, providing some education and some solutions for is this sort of non-clinical, where does it fall in the spectrum of calling it high functioning anxiety? And that would be the step before clinical anxiety and a step above stress. And so I'm pretty excited to be able to be on this series with you and we're just going to have a lot of fun and talking story about high, uh, how high-functioning anxiety shows up and what we can possibly do about it. I'm hoping to give some tips and solutions and, you know, other ways to, to manage this because we, most of us have it <laughs> at some point or other. <laughs> so thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. And I, I love that I have the experience of an anxiety sufferer and I love that you had put the science to it in a way that was really understandable for me, but also really helpful. Like I could grasp why I was struggling with it, but then you also gave me tools to make it better and to feel better, which is really, I think what we all want. Yeah. I appreciate you bringing that up. One of the things I unapologetically talk about is being a science nerd and a brain nerd at that. Um, All throughout nursing and in my psychology uh, career, uh, I've always been fascinated with the brain. I just, it, it, and we're still learning so much uh, about it today. And I also have a pretty strong faith background and, uh, and acceptance of all faiths and how that has always integrated into my practice and my life. And I wanted to figure out a way how to reconcile the marriage between science and soul, science and faith. And so that's really what my passion is. Um, Probably for my time on this earth is is my calling of helping folks um, figure that out. And I, I just happen to call it science and soul, but you're right. It has to be digestible has to be relatable, has to be in a level that people understand a very complicated process, (laughs) but it doesn't have to be complicated out in 3D world, right? Even though it's complicated underneath our skulls of what's going on. So true. And I, Mm. I just appreciate that you, I mean, this is what you do. And just think about the lives that you impact, not just of those of your clients, but those that they touch to their children, their spouses, their families and friends. So what Mm -hmm. a service. Yes. Thank you. Yes. My, my, uh, I'll talk about my book at another time, but you know, when I wrote bad apples, how to feel good, even rotten things happen. And back in 2014, the whole premise was recognizing that at the end of the day, we're all biology. And at the end of the day, biology relies on each other. And so the premise of 
you know, that we're a part of the an orchard and then that orchard is part of the bigger systemic um, vantage is something that uh, helps keep me anchored with purpose. Knowing that you're growing yourself so you can grow your children. So your can, children can impact their friends. So their friends can impact their families. So it just, you know, it just goes on and on with, with the impact that we can have. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So mm-hmm. why don't we dive in today? Um, so I guess what's step one here for people? Um, most of the people that you work with, have they recognized that they have an anxiety issue or is that the first step for them to first recognize that that is a problem for them? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, yes, um, most people recognize it in my world just because that's how they find me. So um, when you're looking for somebody who specializes in anxiety, you're going to find them when you're searching online or asking for a referral. The type of high-functioning anxiety, most people don't know. Most people come in wanting it, solutions for clinical anxiety, which is what they think they have. And the difference in step one is differentiating. Am I stressed out? Do I have high functioning anxiety? Do I have clinical anxiety, which is pervasive? Or do I am I just on the road to burnout? And we'll talk about that in, in one of these days. I think it's day three or four that we talk about the continuum and the spectrum. Uh, but at the end of the day, people don't really know how to manage anxiety for the most part when it comes up other than their personalized practice. So say somebody, you know, goes for a run or they go for a swim or they vent to somebody and they talk story and that makes them feel better. But then every single time a certain particular trigger comes up for them as an individual, that starts to get frustrating and it starts to get real tiring. And so high functioning anxiety looks exactly like that. It looks like every time you're faced with a certain trigger in your life, that's when you feel anxious versus clinical anxiety is pretty pervasive. No matter what's going on in your life, you you react to it with more of an anxious life um, approach and thinking and behaviors and such. So that would be the difference. And most people know they have something and they, you know, Thanks, COVID has made anxiety a household name because because it's just something that has enlightened people about what it truly feels to be anxious on many different reasons and platforms. Um, So I would say, yeah, most people know exactly they have. They just haven't identified where they fall in that spectrum. So what's an important next step for them? They recognize they have an anxiety issue then they come to you or do they need to figure out where they're at first and then seek out help? Yeah, I think sometimes it's better to seek out help first because then you're, first of all, it's nice to depathologize things. That's where I come from. I I don't think it's helpful to give someone a diagnosis all the time. I think most of the time people are coming to look for solutions And you don't really know about solutions until you can take them from inside your own head and put them on the outside. Now, it doesn't have to be me. It could be a friend. It could be a colleague. It could be a coach. It could be um, anything that helps you have perspective 
and a different nuances of your particular anxiety. That's really the most helpful thing is looking at how anxiety shows up for you in your life that's different from the next person. And once you've tried, you should try all the the behavioral stuff first. You absolutely should, right? Eat better, exercise, um, meditation or mindfulness practice, all of those pieces, uh, chunking your time together. Uh, those of us that are doing podcasts, right? Chunking your podcast episodes together so you're not anxious about what you're going to do for your next one. We can relate, right? So just those things, those skill sets can help tremendously to just decrease that triggering anxiety that comes up when you're faced with something. That's different than waking up in the morning anxious that the sky is falling, anxious about what you're going to do that day. And sometimes you just need to be able to reflect that in some way. Yeah. So let's say you, you know, you have an anxiety problem. You try these things that you suggest, like eating better, exercising, meditation, but you're still struggling. What can you do next? Yeah, that would be when I would say reach out, reach out to someone to be able to really come up with the, the um, assessment process of where your anxiety continues to show up for you and why. The science part of the science and soul is all about neuron pathways and our neuron pathways are essentially, if you can kind of think about it as if you're going to run the same track on a dirt road with your vehicle, you're going to have a groove. Pretty soon when you go down that road, your car is going to go in that groove because that's how it's been um, carved out. Neuron pathways are the same way. Once we start doing and thinking, doing things, which is the behavior, we're thinking a certain way over and over and over, that neuron pathway becomes automatic. And sometimes when things are automatic, it's difficult. It's very difficult to stop it yourself without 100% awareness. And then also to see it. And so in order to see it, sometimes you need an assessment to be able to figure out how, how did I get wired this way? How did I get wired this way? And one thing that I'll cover as we move forward during this week is um, using that anxiety as something to help you. And that's where the soul piece comes in, which is on some level, usually our brains are being activated because it's our soul telling us it's time to pay attention. Otherwise we would be on alert all day long, but we're not. We're only put on alert when we need to be, when we need to pay attention. And I think that is, of anything that I have learned from anybody about anxiety, learning from you that anxiety is your sign it's time to grow has been so helpful for me because it Mm. shifts me out of this mindset that I'm doomed to have this anxiety issue forever and I'll just have to find a way to tolerate my life with it. But if I can shift my mindset to it's, hey, it's just a signal that it's time to grow. How amazing is that? It's an opportunity for me, especially those people who I think are high achieving. We love a good opportunity, yeah. especially a good growth <laughs> opportunity. So I yeah, just having that mindset shift and knowing that it's just a signal for you mm-hmm. is so liberating. Right. And when we always talk about it in our 
language or coaching language of new level, new devil, right? Like at some point, every single time you're met with, uh, it's a time in your, se- your season, we call it, right? A season in your life to grow. It feels like it's this new devil. It's this new insurmountable thing. When in actuality, it's just your brain trying to create a new neuron pathway for you that you've never had before. And that sometimes feels painful. That sometimes feels like anxiety. Why? Because it's new. And the way we learn something prior usually is our same way of learning something again. So in the process of what I'm teaching is at some point we have to learn a new way to learn. And that means how to live and learn from your anxiety, your high functioning anxiety, especially. And so there's hope even for people with maybe an actual clinical anxiety or an anxiety disorder that they can form these new pathways and they can find new ways to think and move beyond that anxiety or or out of those thoughts that are causing it. 100%. 100%. The only difference is I would say it takes just a little bit longer. Um, And the reason is why? Because of the feet, the groove in the road analogy, because the deeper you go in the process, the deeper that groove is, and you can fall right back into that. It just takes a little bit longer to, you know, to rewire the, um, with high functioning anxiety, it's not pervasive. So it's usually situational as it comes up. So it's easier to nip those things in the bud and train people how to think, how to move through that, recognize and really embody the growth that you've had. Makes your soul happy. Everybody settles down. Your body settles down. Your brain settles down and says, okay, I'm good till the next time. So when when you think about new level, new devil, you're, you're re- rethinking what that really means, which is what you just said. I'm kind of excited. This is an opportunity for me to embrace that it's just time for me to grow again. How exciting is that? So once you've had that, um, you recognize you're anxious, you realize it's a signal that it's time for you to grow. What's next? Um, I would say that you're definitely, it's time to get some support and Really, when we talk about that anxiety mastery plan, let's come up with some ideas on how to how to um, implement it individual for you. I was thinking um, of, you know, maybe sharing a story about our podcast. So, you know, here you are starting a new podcast and I'll be starting mine probably at the end of the month or next month sometime. And just thinking about the idea of, first of all, we're doing it to ourselves right? Nobody's banging down our door to say, you need to start a podcast. And <laughs> and by the way, you got to figure out the tech and you got to figure out the content and you got to figure out the marketing and all these different pieces, right? Ah, what do you, <laughs> you know, I'm, I don't know if I'm ready to grow in that area. Yeah. Self-imposed. Right. So I think this, this process of starting the podcast has really grown me in ways that I never expected. And some of that is not necessarily anxiety for me anymore. That doesn't, I don't internalize it as that. I definitely internalize it as excitement, but the anxiety comes from, is this the right thing? Do I have enough bandwidth in my life and in my practice and in my business? Um, 
the anxiety. What happens if people love it? And all of a sudden I have too many clients. I mean, it's just like a stupid, silly things that your brain tells you, right? You need to be anxious about what it hasn't even happened yet. Well, you, you kind of need to get one recorded before you get a client. <laughs> that's, so that's what anxiety does, right? Yes, it does. It's and to your ability to kind of laugh at yourself and be able to recognize where you are in that spectrum of this feels a little bit stressful to get it off the ground, to do all the pieces and get all the, the, um, the steps in place. But yet at the end of the day, it's gotta be fun for me or I won't do it. That's how my business is run. That's how my life is run. It's gotta be fun. It's gotta be easy. How can I make this easy? And when I say that, and when I approach it in that way, my anxiety can calm down. My neuron pathways can say, ah, she's got this. We can go back and go back to bed for a little while. She's got this until the next time. So that. yeah. That. So for me, I think it's a, a very recent thing because I know we're both, you know, working on getting our podca- podcast off the ground. And um, I've just been observing myself in the last probably two or three weeks about how do I feel about this really? starting just putting it out. Oh no, I posted it on social media. I guess that means I got to do it. (laughs) Yeah. A little bit of accountability, right? You said, here I go. And so your people are watching and waiting. All right. Where's this podcast? That's right. Yeah. So this has been, it's, it's such a wonderful opportunity to not only you know, a business, nothing will make you grow like a business will make you grow. And personal development is pretty close to professional development. Um, So it's, it's, it's exciting, but it's definitely a new level, new devil. So true. Yeah. I love that we talked about that because I felt like I had a hard time explaining. I know I'm improving in my skills and abilities to handle anxiety. And yet I seem to run into new issues as I improve. So I was picturing kind of like a stair step, you know, I'm, I'm up a Mm. level, but I'm still not, um, I don't know that I'll ever be able to be 100% free of it. I'm just experiencing the same thing at a new level. And I think you were the one who said that to me, new level, new devil. And I feel like that's the perfect example for how it is for people with anxiety to learn Mm. to handle it and cope with it rather than letting it hold us down or define us. Yeah. And, and, most folks feel overwhelmed when it's a new level. Um, and once you recognize overwhelm before anxiety kicks in, that's your cue that you're able to take a breath, start using your solutions and strategies that worked for you before and implement them. Taking action is probably the best antidote for anxiety mm. because if you take action, your brain's like, okay, well, I guess we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we're doing this now. I guess I can't hide in the corner anymore because <laughs> it was too scary. <laughs> because, so true. And, you know, once you, you take action, then you can do your course correction and pivot and whatever you need to do. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a process that is learned over time with support. Mm, right. So yeah. that's something you provide in what you do with your clients. You provide them the process and the support to walk through it. 
Yeah, the first step that I think is always helpful just to kind of find out where you are is I have a anxiety assessment, a high functioning anxiety assessment that you can take. Uh, it's on my website if you're interested. It's uh, drlisahartwell.com. So it's easy to remember. It's right at the top of my website. So you can just click on that. See where you find on your anxiety scorecard. And once you get your results, if you feel like you want to book in a call with me, then we'll go over that together and see how I can serve you. Perfect. And we'll link that in the show notes. So it's easy to find for people too. Thank you Wonderful. for that. Yeah. That's a place to start is, uh, it, that's probably just my training, but the best place to start is always assessment. Where am I in this, in this big scheme of things in figuring out solutions? Perfect. So what's next then? Uh, people take an assessment, figure out where they're at and they're a match for you. They start working with you. How do they go from that step to this master plan? Yeah, I think that's what we're going to talk in the next show, um, which is really how do we go from sort of this helpless feeling? I don't got this to hopeful that I got this. I can I can handle this. That feels so, so good to hear that, too. I just think of how often I'll feel it, it's typically around overwhelm. I just feel helpless. Mm. What can I do to start to feel not just better, but hopeful? Yes, yes. It's it's very much the step of feeling um, anchored so you can move forward. Right. Yeah. Friends, I hope you enjoyed today's episode and please make sure to join us tomorrow for part 205 of this series to create an anxiety master plan for life. Also, please come join my free Facebook group so you can share how you will work to create your own anxiety master plan for life. You can find the link to the Facebook group in the show notes. I look forward to talking with you tomorrow. Hey friend, thanks for being here. Did today's episode help you feel more in control of your anxiety? Did it inspire you to rest or relax? Or maybe it challenged you to really look at why anxiety is a part of your life. If so, I'd love to hear from you. If you would take 30 seconds, pause this episode, scroll down in Apple Podcasts, and leave me a review, I would be so grateful. See you next week. Disclaimer, I am not a medical professional, and this podcast is not providing therapy or medical treatment. Contents of the podcast are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always consult your healthcare provider with your health questions and concerns.